everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn and my co-host Regina. She's not with me this week. She's back in Michigan interviewing our dear friend Angela Shiree regarding her winning details Facebook page. So I'm at one of my favorite places on earth right now. And I'm going to save that detail for just a minute. During the pandemic, I found myself on a Friday evening sipping wine with nothing to do but online shop. And I found a passion for boutique shopping. So little wine and a little boutique shopping. And suddenly I have really cool clothes in my (laughs) closet. So one of my favorite places that I found was from my dear friend, Cheyenne Colclasier in the B&D Cowboy Depot. So just to give a little bit of a background on Cheyenne, Cheyenne is herself a world champion in the cutting horse arena. She's a USCHA judge. She's the daughter of a Hall of Fame cutting horse trainer. And her father is my husband's dear friend. So 35 years ago, when my husband was riding pleasure horses, he worked at their facility. And so we knew Bruce then from his time in the cutting horses and and are just watching them compete. And so when Kevin retired, he always said that he wanted to ride cutting horses with Bruce. So here we are owning cutting horses and hanging out with Cheyenne at the depot today. So one of the things that really interests me about cowboy fashion or and I don't even know that cowboy fashion is the right term no it's it's the right term is it the right term yeah it's the right term okay you can totally use that okay well good so I want to talk to Cheyenne about how she went from riding world champion cutting horses to owning her own boutique how did that happen Cheyenne okay so kind of like what you said I have been in the cutting horse industry my whole life it was inevitable as soon as I popped out of the womb I was going to be sitting in the front of a turnback saddle with my dad at multiple shows, wherever. So I, like any great daughter, you know, I went to college, I did my stuff there, and I got a call one day, and my dad had gone temporarily blind in one eye, and it was, it was crazy. So I came home, I started helping with the ranch again fell in love with it, decided to stay. And my dad had a weird and kooky idea that he wanted to own a tack shop in Main Street, Bristow, America. I don't see any tack hanging out there. There is zero tack in this store now. So I kind of took over. It made him mad a little bit. I'm not even going to lie. So I overpowered the store. We had tack in my back room for two years. Well, my little corner of the store in the front had all closed, and that was keeping this little store running in the middle of rural Oklahoma, and it just became growing and growing from that. I really developed a passion for it, and now we have about 17,000 followers on our Facebook group. We ship out about 200 packages a month, and it's become a passion that I didn't know that I wanted, but it's something I'm so blessed to have in my life now. How many Facebook followers? We have around 17,000. I think we just ticked up over 16.7 thousand followers. So when you started your Facebook page, did you watch it on a day-to-day basis? Like, oh, oh, we've got a hundred. My gosh, I was so nervous. So 
I actually met these lovely people at Market, which we're going to talk about a little later. I was at a purse store and I was just filling my purses up and I just had a Facebook page and this little lady is like, I've seen your page before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how awesome. And she's like, yeah, I own this boutique down in Southern Texas. We have about 13,000 group members. And I'm like, oh my gosh, one of these days, you know, that's the goal. And she's like, well, do you just have your page or do you have a group as well? And I said, no, we just have a page. And she goes, you're doing it all wrong. You need to have a Facebook group where people can interact with you. You can interact with people. It's not just you posting things and they're being able to comment. Like if they buy something from you, they can shoot a picture at their nearest event or whatever they do. And you can interact with them and it gets you more following and interactive members. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. So me and my mom, we go to the hotel room, we're chilling out, we're eating our Grubhub, and I decide, you know what, I'm going to just make a group. We're going to make a group, I'm going to give a giveaway out on it for this cheap purse that I had just bought, and if they comment and like and share, they can be entered in this giveaway. So I think nothing of it. It's I'm literally, this boutique is maybe seven months old at this point. So I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. I do my morning routine. I do not check my phone because that was the days where I could go hours and hours without having to pick up my phone. And I look up and I have 5,000 new members in one night. Regina, if you're listening, take note. We need to do this. That's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I had 5,000 members in one night and I was just blown away by the support that I had, not only from boutique lovers, but the people that I've spent my whole life with in the horse industry. So that's how B&D kind of got started. It was a crazy wild ride, but we just capitalized on that. We started moving it upwards and forwards. We started doing live sales. We started doing sell posts. We started doing partnerships with different kinds of brands. Right now I'm doing a partnership with Jen Hudgens, who is a contestant on the Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. And we've just started really advertising and promoting our brand. And it has just blown up recently. So uh, did you have to have a clearance sale on all your dad's tack? Oh, yes. So that is actually <laughs> a bad topic in my family. My dad is the greatest salesman in the history of the world. I tell everybody that is how I got so good at the boutique is because I have watched my daddy trade and sell on horses since I was three years old. Yeah. And I can attest to that because we now own two kind of horses. <laughs> very recently too. It was, they were both bought very close together, but uh, yeah. So I always told dad, I thought the tax store was a great idea, but he's a busy horse trainer. He's not going to come down to main street Bristow every day and start selling his tack. He's not going to promote it. That was a here, Cheyenne, here's something for you to do during the weeks. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I love interacting with people. I'm a people person. I truly believed if my fiance and my father were down here selling the tack, being the horse trainers that they are and being very well known, that it would have had a different outcome. But because I was here and I liked bell bottoms and fringe and sequins and furs yes. and huge earrings, yes. It definitely became a clothing store. So I still have a box attack in the back for anybody that's listening. <laughs> if you want a good deal on some quality horse tack, hit me up at the depot. I will make you a deal. <laughs> that's awesome. So I guess that kind of brings me into the topic of 
cutting okay. attire yeah. versus horse show showman attire okay. versus rodeo attire. Oh. So I and Gina and I have talked about this topic before because Gina loves bling. And so in her paint I horse world, she has they show with a lot of Savorsky crystals and a lot of bling. We show cutting horses, and it's just good quality leather and much yeah. cleaner. Yeah. and it, But like it costs bling. the same yes. amount. Like, that's the yes. thing that I never understood. Like, I am a very gaudy person, and I don't use the word gaudy as derogatory. Like It's in a good way. That She's is, that is like, I want all sorts of jewelry and bling. The bigger, the better. That is how I am. That's how I always have been. Cutting is very subdued. But the things that you buy to look the part as a cutting horse contestant, you're going to spend the exact same amount on a jacket that is fully Savorsky crystal. It is going to be the exact same price for something that you're going to think and look at that should be the 10th of the price. But the show attire for each different event or horse discipline is very different and it all kind of coincides with where you are or what kind of event you do or what kind of horses you ride so yeah the show horse world is very blingy my sister god bless her that was her life she did all the breed shows she did all the breed pageants she showed english she showed equitation she showed everything so her closet looks a heck of a lot different than mine she has all the sequin jackets and she has the matching hats with the matching boots and the matching jacket and everything is just to a T the ultimate kind of glitz and glam. And then you have cutting, which we have very subdued chaps and we like everything to be a certain way and it's going to be the highest quality leather and our hat better be immaculate and beautiful and have a cutter crease and it is completely different. We are starched, prim, the Western version of, I always said the Western version version of a dressage rider. Like everything has been, you know, kind of set in stone and you have the things that you wear, but you're always super put together, but in a very subdued like way. So one of the things I noticed you so you used to do a lot of loping for your dad and helping out with all yes. of your dad's customers and so one of the things that you mentioned to me was having a so a saddle pad to match all of the men's shirts so i'm a little extra i have to be in my business but from a very young age i was just a little extra and so after we drove into a show it has always been kind of a tradition in our barn at least, that all the customers, at least for the first night before the show got kicked off, we'd all go eat together. And I have had the same old men, and I say that affectionately, I love them, but I've had the same old men in my barn since I was in diapers. They have grown <laughs> up, I've grown up with them. They are their family now. And they knew after we got done at supper that they had better know what color they're, they're going to wear the next day. And they should give me a list because when I saddled their horses the next morning, their saddle pads were going to match their shirts. And I was going to make sure if the bridle that they were using, if it had a little bit of bling on it, because I always would sneak some bling into dad's <laughs> bridle rack, that it matched as well. And so 
I always had all my boys looking pretty sharp just in case we got a good picture and we needed to frame it for their Christmas present. It looked perfect. So Cheyenne's fiance is a pretty darn good roper. And I don't know a lot about roping, but I'd say that Tater is Tater. A, what's a Tater? An eight? So he is an eight elite healer. Yes, ma'am. He has had a lot of success in the rodeo industry, the roping world. So I get it from both sides. I am a cutting horse trainer's daughter and a roper's fiance, which is very different, mind you, that my horses are used to being scrubbed every day once they get worked or if they're even out on the walker, manes, tails, braided, shoshined all up. And when I met Tater, he's like, oh, that horse will be fine. It's OK. He only sweated a little bit. <laughs> so once he started working for us and my family, he has now kind of has that performance horse mentality where all of his show like rope horses and all of his jackpot rope horses when he goes and backs them off the trailer, they got the back on track boots on. They're all blanketed. They're all shiny. And everybody looks at him and is like, you must be dating a barrel racer or something <laughs> like you are. You are very extra with your rope horses. But no, he's he's an 80. He's had a lot of success. That's what we do right now. Dad trains the cutting horses at the ranch. Tater has just as many rope horses in. We do a lot of sale videos. We go to a lot of horse sales around the United States. And he also trains some AQHA show horses as well. So when you dress Tater to go to the show, mm. what's Tater wear? Um, I'm not allowed to dress Tater. <laughs> uh, I think that's where my limitations are set. He says that I choose everything else that happens in our life, that he is surely old enough to be able to pick his own jeans <laughs> and his own shirt. But with that being said, I do every holiday make sure I buy him the shirts that I like. <laughs> so his closet is comprised of things that are Cheyenne approved. I just can't tell him when to wear those approved items. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love this stuff. So one of the things that has been a mystery to me is the market. Oh my gosh. Right? Yes. So like, I know that you go to the market quite often. I go every, about every two and a half months, which is awesome because that means I'm selling out and I need more things. Well, and I don't know what the market means. Like to me, I don't know. Is it like this giant warehouse full of stuff? Girl, I was so overwhelmed. So there's multiple different markets in the United States. I am from Oklahoma. So Dallas is like a hop, skip, and a jump for me. Like when I go every two months, that's where I'm going to go. I'm not going to go to Vegas and Denver all the time. I like going there, but I'm not going to go when I can go to Dallas. So I walk in, I'm thinking the same thing as you. We're going into this warehouse. There's going to be this brand here, this brand here. This sucker is 15 floors. And it's like a labyrinth. 15 floors? It is 15 floors, Lynn. Did they give you a map? Oh my gosh. Yes. So you have a map and then every elevator is, <laughs> goes to certain floors. So if you're new there and you don't know their elevator system, you'll get in an elevator and like try to press the 14th floor and it won't press in. The <laughs> button won't, the button won't light up because it doesn't go to that floor. Wait, so I gotta know, are you walking around with a giant shopping cart? No. So actually right now, we are in my back room of the boutique because we need our, the quiet. But that bag right there, it's a very small bag with a handle roller. 
is all that you're allowed to take to market. Okay, folks, it's like a backpack, only twice as big as a backpack. It's not big. It's it's not big. So that the pro to that is there's only one floor of cash and carry that you can take home with you. Got it. So most of the things that I order at market are orders that will be shipped to me. That still doesn't mean I'm not making four trips down to the car a day to unload my bag <laughs> and come back up. But no, so we're we're only allowed to take a very small bag. It's usually me and my mother that go. And so she has her bag and I have my bag and we cram as much full as we possibly can. And then we go back down. But it's, I call it a 15 story mall market, but there are little hallways and corridors and you can't ever find what you need to find. And the showrooms are all like miniature stores, but then some floors just have booths of things and you have to know what you're going to look for. So the week before map market, I map out who I know I'm going to buy from, find out where their booth is going to be that time, and then see if there's going to be anybody there that I need to check out. So is it H's? Do they have like H's, like the place where you have it shipped to you? You walk in there and there's like H's and you're like, okay, I need 10 smalls, 10 mediums, 10 larges. Okay, so that's another thing. Each brand does things different. So some brands are pre-packed. One of my favorite brands to carry is the Lucky and Breast brand, LMB. I am a plus size friendly boutique. I am very passionate about being a size inclusive boutique. So we carry up to 3X. I'm a bigger girl. I'm a large, extra large. I got a little bit of junk in my trunk. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm corn fed. I've, <laughs> I've always been a bigger bone girl. So we really, we really like to play to that. And there are so many people out there that want to dress with Western fashion that cannot find their sizes in a boot barn or a Cavender's and they get disheartened. Well, we kind of cater to that. And everything that I get in a small, I also get in a 3X. So, so I love that about your Facebook page because your models truly are all size. We have nine Depot girls this year and I have a size zero to a size 24. Like we make sure you're going to see everything pictured on any shape of girl. It's important to me and it's important for everybody to feel like they can wear what they think is cute without being worried about what size they are. Yeah. And I love that too, because so many of your beautiful women, no matter the size, will post photos of them in your outfits and it's grandmothers. Oh, and we kids. have little it's kids awesome. to 80 year old women that love posting on the page. And I think that's the reason why I love having a VIP group so much is because I get to see that. I know a lot of boutiques have their website and you scroll through their website and we have a website too. Um, I just don't like it. I know that sounds terrible, but like when you order from me, Lynn, if you ask, how does this jacket fit? Oh, don't worry. I'll go run and put it on for you. And I'll send yes. you a picture of yes. it. Like it allows me to interact with my customers. That makes it feel more personal than having them stare at a website screen and checking the order that way. I have very good yes. working relationships with all the ladies that order for me. That's one thing I'll say about Cheyenne is that I live in Michigan and I shop with her here in Bristow, Oklahoma. <laughs> and like, if I see something I like, I'm like, Cheyenne, I want that. What size? And she'll be like, oh, you're the size. So she's got my size down to a T and of her 17,000 followers, I imagine she'd probably knows them all pretty well. They're I regulars. try to, I mean, yeah. I really try to, and I kind of know each, but each person's style. So 
we try three times a year to do a mystery grab bag. It's a good thing. Oh, that's a blast. Isn't it super fun? Oh, my fun? God. I got these awesome earrings. I mean, yes. They're like the little bucking The Bronx, but they're on the oh wood. Yes. yes. They're oh. so cute. Yeah, do a mystery grab, grab bag. bag. That is fun. Ma the majority of the time, I, everybody that shops with me already when they order a mystery grab bag, I'm like, well, I know she likes this, or I know she's been looking at this for a couple of weeks. Let's sneak it into her bag. Well, kind of and what thing. she does to me, too, is she tries to take me out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do. So, obviously, if you know Lynn, and you've you've met Lynn in real life, she's smoking, okay? <laughs> like, she's drop-dead gorgeous. It's everything that I wish that I could be <laughs> once I get her age. So, when she comes down here... And she does. She looks cute. She wears her bell bottoms, but I'm like, but what about these bell bottoms? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we came down for the USCHA finals. Yes. And so I wanted her to dress me for the banquet. And I'm thinking like a black dress, yeah. you know, something very, no, you know, no, professionally no. Yeah, no, Cheyenne. Stuff. No, no, she brought me out clown pants. Like they're orange and red and yellow. And I'll post a picture of these of this outfit when it was completed on our Facebook page. But I wasn't even going to put them on. And she's like, just put them on. Just put them on. You're, oh, my God. I put them on. She killed it. <laughs> she looked so good. And I told her we just went to lunch before we um, recorded this podcast. And I said, because of how you looked at the finals in those pants, <laughs> I took some for myself when we had a booth at the NFR. Yeah. No, they're awesome. So, all right. So let's talk about that. So okay. you went and had a booth. So thank God for Texas. Oh, my gosh. There was God bless NFR, Texas. Right? right? God bless Texas yeah. because there was an NFR and there was a Cowboy Christmas. There was. So I, it has been a personal goal of mine since I started my boutique and since we got our large following that I wanted a booth at the NFR. So normally the World Series Team Roping Championships happens at the exact same time as the NFR in Las Vegas. So me and my fiance have been together for five years. And for three of those years, we go to Vegas every year while he competes at the World Series Championships. And I love it. I'm like, okay, hun, have so much fun. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going everywhere. I'm drinking a Bloody Mary at 9 a.m. Like, it is my jam. Oh, and wearing badass clothes. Yes. You yes. had like really great furs. clothes. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. So it is literally the highlight of my whole year going to Vegas. It's the one time where I can dress completely outrageous, and I know I'm not going to be the most outrageous person in the room. <laughs> And so I was super sad. I applied to have a booth in Vegas. So for the longest time, they thought they, they were just going to keep it in Vegas and there was going to be no spectators, no Cowboy Christmas, no nothing. And I was heartbroken. And then the PRCA struck up a deal with Arlington and Fort Worth to have everything there. And it was actually going on during the NCHA fraternity, which I'm at yeah. every year yeah. anyway. So we're at the Cutting Horse fraternity. And I got to have a booth there. And it was absolutely amazing. I loved being able to be there and seeing all the people. I'm so thankful Texas had it. Cannot wait for it to be back in Vegas. So how do you, so when you go to the market and you've got to buy for the NFR, how does that change? And one of the things that, so let's talk about, the seasons of the year. Okay. And like after Christmas inventory. 
and NFR and Francesca about the different inventories. So my absolutely favorite time of the year, I go to market in September and it's the best time to go shopping. I am a fall baby. I like blazers. I like fur. I like anything with layers. That is the time that I love to go all out. So October and November and December are definitely our biggest months. I'm going to the most shows. I have the USCHA finals that I set up a booth there. I have a fair of the hearts. I have our Black Friday event and we're in small town Oklahoma, but I can still get 60 people lined up outside of our door waiting to come in on Black Friday. In Bristow, Oklahoma. Yes. She does. It's, it's amazing. And so I love that time of year. I love the glitz and glam of getting ready for Christmas season and the NFR season. And so after Christmas, I kind of step back. We get more casual outfits. The price is lower normally because everybody has spent all their money on we're Christmas. All after Christmas. Absolutely. So. We're buying for all the fam. So I tend to get more casual things. And throughout the year, it slowly progresses up again until we have full sequin dresses and fur coats hanging and things like that. Well, and that's it. So a couple things that I've noticed too, like your jewelry in- inventory is like down very low. Yes. And I think that's something that people like after Christmas are like, oh, I can add a couple earrings. Yes. Because it's a little cheaper. It's small. small. I can do that. And we really try to be very affordable. As a boutique, yes. we really try to have the most affordable prices that we can. I don't mark my items up near as much as other boutiques, especially in our area in the Texas area. I just think it's important not to be greedy. I did this to help women feel confident about themselves and robbing their wallet is not how I want to go about it. I try to keep my things as much affordable as I can. So I really, I love doing it and I love being able to pick new things out every year. We never carry the same thing twice. I never restock anything. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Too bad, so, if so sad. <laughs> if you see something that you like, don't wait, because when it's gone, it she means that it's gone. I, I very rarely do any reorders. And if I do, it's normally on a t-shirt because my t-shirt game is the best. Yes. Awesome graphic tees. I love yes. your tees. And so if I post something and it sells out in like 15 minutes, I'll do a pre-order for that item. Yep. And let everybody get in on it that they want to. But So one thing, I want to go back to the NFR and how you stock for the NFR. What are the girls wanting to wear at the NFR? The glitzier, the better. And the things that you would think are not cowboyish, that's what they want. So we kind of talked about how rodeo fashion has changed throughout the years. And it used to be when you'd go to a rodeo, the women were in star wranglers and a start shirt and their belt buckle and hat. And that's how it was. But now you see bell bottoms and fringe and sequins and Charlie one horse hats and so much turquoise. You can't even see the person's body because they have bracelets stacked to their elbows. I mean, it has evolved in such a way. And it's really been recently within the last five years you've really started seeing that super glitzy trend so when you go to the nfr you're seeing stilettos and louboutins and you're seeing full fringed beaver coats and you're seeing sequins from their head to their toes and everything is just massively glitzy and so when i shop for the nfr 
because I am in Bristow, Oklahoma, and I do cater to a ranching community, I like to straddle that line of punchy and glitzy because we're going to talk about that later too, the term of punchy. Yes. I want you to define punchy but, after we talk about that. Um, it, we straddle that line of ranch cowgirl and glitzy cowgirl and how we can combine it to make everybody look like they are dressed to the nines but still be super comfortable and wear their pointed toe cowboy boots and just have a good time. So I do love the stretch. Like all oh, of these yes. jeans. Oh my gosh, the you carry Judy I Blue, L and B. I am a corn fed lady. <laughs> I am not going to be sucked in all day. Like the old Roper jeans, or were they the were they Roper jeans? There was no Rocky, Rocky, the Rocky, no stretch. And see, that was before no my time. Clear up to your boobs, no stretch, and hot, thick oh, material. But see, they're coming back now too, oh. and it drives me insane. So I'm relatively a youngin. I know Lynn said that he met or they met my dad way back. Yeah, years you, and years you ago. Even a thought. I was not a thought. No. I was not a thought. So I'm kind of. I was the later in life, midlife crisis of wanting to have another baby. And so I was before the Rockies. I was before all the 80s fashion. So I haven't lived through it. But now it's all coming back and I'm all about it. I am not going to wear Rocky jeans. though. If it does not have stretch, it is not going on my body. It it is not. (laughs) Okay. So I want to know what you say the term all the time. Punchy. Okay. What is punchy. So punchy is very subjective. Around here, it's used to describe a ranch cowboy. Okay. So they're a little bit more rough around the edges. They're going to- Is tater punchy? Tater wants to be punchy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, tater. Tater wants to be punchy. You know, I, tater used to be punchy. He used to be more punchy, you know, rolling around in the half top stock trailer, like Tater used to be more punchy. He's definitely more showy so now. So is Punchy redneck? No, Punchy is not redneck. There, that is a big difference. Punchy is just your cowboy. He's the day worker. He's got the buck stitch all over his stuff. He's got the big hat. He's he's gonna wear his chinks everywhere. Like he's got the half top stock trailer and the old Ford. He's got the blue heeler in the back. Like. That's just a punchy cowboy. And so that has kind of rolled over into fashion, if you'd believe it or not. So like the old timers that used to like John Wayne cuff their their jeans, oh, like yeah. that's pretty punchy. So us women now are like, let's John Wayne cuff our jeans and put some really cute little slip-ons on and like a denim jacket and a wild rag. And wild rags used to be just a cowboy's cowboy scarf like women used to not really wear many many wild rags unless they were out working but now like we have our dress up wild rags and we have our working wild rags and it's a it's used to dress up an outfit i am still learning how to wear wild rags i bought one i've got one and i need cheyenne to teach me how to wear it because they're kind of cool they're super cool and so i have kind of in our little cutting circle down here, I I have mentioned I was extra. 
<laughs> so like I'm wearing super loud prints and I stand out like a sore thumb and earrings that touch my shoulders. So speaking of those earrings, we were at the USCJ finals in 2019. <laughs> yes. And Cheyenne's out there on a really good cutting horse. She's winning the world. I mean, she's going to leave with a saddle and she's got these big, really cool they earrings. They were my favorite earrings she lost one in the cutting pen i lost one in my final turn back guy trainer in that arena they love cheyenne so much (laughs) that it was their mission to find the earring so uh, what we're all a huge family right like the cutting horse industry we're all a huge family and so those are my lucky earrings. They were my favorite. I bought them at my first market. They had my initials on them. They were leopard. Like these things were the holy grail of earrings. They're leather. They did not bog down my ears. So it's our finals run. I mark a huge score. Yeah. I am so happy. I walk out of there and <laughs> Josie, she is she is the sweetest, most well-mannered most punchy little girl that you will ever meet in your entire life. And she goes, shy, you have lost your earring. And all the excitement of that run was quickly, quickly taken away by the thought that I lost my earring. I mean, grown men were basically crawling on their hands and knees. Hands and knees. So Josie's dad, Trent, (laughs) which I love him. He made it his mission to find this earring. Could not find it all day long. I thought it was a lost cause. The next morning in the finals of the open class, Del Bell is a trainer from out of Texas. He is laying down a smoke and run and kicks up my earring. <laughs> and Trent is... <laughs> now, I'm telling you, this pin has been drugged three times yeah. since this. Like, it was a lost cause at this point. So Trent is out front trying to turn back Dell's cattle and this is the open finals like they are slinging dirt everywhere and he told me that he seen my earring and he could not concentrate on the rest of the run he said I was probably the worst turn back help that Dell has ever had because he said I seen that earring and as soon as that run was over he ran over there grabbed the earring stopped the whole cutting to make sure he could dig it up but it obviously didn't hurt Del Bell too bad because he won the round. So, <laughs> so, and I'm just going to give a shout out to the USCHA, the United States Cutting Horse Association. Yes, that has been a lot of fun for us. And I know that your family is a big part of, of founding USCHA and making it a great place for weekend cutters. Well, we've been in the horse industry for such a long time. And my dad has been a major part of a lot of different associations from breed associations and halter horses and show and pinto cutting horses and paint cutting horses and he's just done it all and he's a jack of all trades and back when I was young we were very big in the NCHA we had a massive facility we had a 300 stall facility with a show grounds we had shows every month we had the largest and richest grassroots fraternity cutting in the United States for no entry fee And so my dad was huge in the NCHA and he advocated for it. And I remember being little, everybody would hang out and have a great time. And we still show NCHA, but the USCHA was born 
to create a place for people that wanted to start cutting and not have to go the limited age route and not have to spend everything that they had to make it possible. And so we have a ranch cutting competition where the people that might have a sorting horse that's won a little bit of cutting money, or even a person that has a trail horse that would just love to get the experience of going to a cutting horse show, that they're able to do that and meet the people and meet the trainers and form those relationships that is going to better serve them when they want to get an actual cutting horse. Yeah. And, and Kevin and I have been out of the horses for years. We, we stopped doing horses and, and raised our, our boys and we showed livestock. And so for us, just getting back into the horses and have never done cutting before the USCHA has been a great place for us to, to go to and feel like we can compete Oh, absolutely. and have fun. So absolutely. And I also would like to clarify too, when Lynn says compete, it's not because the quality of horses are any different than it is in an NCHA, but it's the fact that because you're new, you're not going to have no help. It's yeah. in the USCHA, it doesn't matter if this is your first run or your 101st run, the same people are going to help you and they're going to help you win. They aren't going to hinder your performance in any way. And a lot of the USCHA shows are in conjunction with NCHA now as well. So you oh, have cutters and cowtown. Oh, so, so fun. But Love it's it. so fun. And so you're, you're having the same caliber and same kind of horses compete against each other all the time. But the USCHA has more of a family-friendly feel. And I feel like that's the best way that I can really describe it. Yeah. No, you guys, your family's done a great job and all the people involved with it. So just a shout out to yeah, the absolutely. USCHA. Chris Fairbanks, your idea was the best one that the cutting world has seen in years. Thank you, Chris. So let's start to wrap this up. And so one of the things, I mean, everybody... I talked a little bit about the beginning about the pandemic okay, and about, you know, there were no restaurants open. There were no, I mean, everybody, we stayed hidden in our homes and then Kevin and I wandered out here West because Oklahoma and Texas seemed to open up a little quicker than Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hard to keep ranching people down. You know, they're, we, we ain't going to stay home very long. Um. So I think that for you, like, I mean, I'm sure you were worried about having this huge inventory in your store and there's a pandemic, but I think it turned out different for you, didn't oh it? Oh, my good Lord. Okay, so we've, we've had some great members and ladies that shop and we have a large following. We got so many new followers because of the pandemic, because everybody is shopping online. Just like me, with a <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> and so I am sitting in my store, not thinking of anything of it, and I get hand-delivered a letter saying that I'm going to have to shut down for at least a month. And we're ranch people. I'm a ranch kid. Everybody lives on the ranch. We all have our separate little houses, but everybody lives on the ranch. And I called my mom almost in tears because my mom is like, okay, we can fix whatever. Like, just come to me. We'll figure out. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to be closed for at least a month. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be terrible. And she's like, we'll just bring it all home. We'll renovate the uh, dining room. We'll put racks in it. We'll let you use the dining room table for whatever you need to do to ship out anything like that. 
she's like, just bring it home. So Landon and Tater, Landon's my little brother, Tater's my fiance, and yes, his name is Tater. They bring my trailer down here. We do not leave a single thing in this store. It is bare. We bring everything to the house. The boys help me unload it. We get it organized all into that room. We get myself set up. I start doing live sales and sell posts out of there. Our membership jumps up. Our interactions jump up. I'm shipping maybe 60 packages a day by myself. And it was it was a terrible experience because I'm cagey and I like talking to people. Yeah. But closer to the end of that month-long period, I just opened the house up for anybody that wanted to come shop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think we're going to try to wrap this up, but I think that that's what you'll find about B&D Cowboy Depot. Yes, And that's ma'am. Bruce and Denise, if you're looking for it on Facebook. So yes. it's B&D Cowboy Depot. It's B&D Cowboy Depot. And find us on our VIP group. That's where we do the most sales. That's where we really interact with everybody the most. Yeah. And this business owner, my dear friend, Cheyenne, she's going to communicate with you on that page. I mean, she's going to do her live sales are a blast. So you can get on Facebook Live and do those. You can see me and my mother go at each other. Yeah. And Landon sit back there and do the book work. (laughs) God bless him. Oh, my Lord. But no, we have a blast. You know, we are probably the most unprofessional everything is just kind of we go at our own pace it's a party we like hanging out with everybody we're very laid back and that's how we like to run our business as well yep awesome so this has been so much fun and i think that we could probably go on for hours oh and do for this, sure but i think that you've probably got some more work to do i do and i have a ton yeah. of dates to schedule i just found out my dad just called me 10 minutes before we started this podcast And he says, I need your October dates. We're supposed to judge a show in Ohio. And I said, October's a bad month for me. And he's like, just let me have it. So I have Affair of the Heart, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. I leave straight from there to Dallas Market for the 25th, 26th, 27th. And apparently now, the 28th, I need to be on an airplane going to Columbiana, Ohio for the last four days of I that love it. experience. I so. love it. You're such an entrepreneur and it's so exciting all the things that you do. So thank you. And we're going to do this again. I think we should. I think we I had a keep blast. going on and on. So check out the Horse Industry Podcast. Yes. Check out B&D, Cowboy, Cowboy Depot. Depot, VIP group. VIP group. And we also have an Instagram. We have our Facebook page. And now we have expanded to TikTok. TikTok. I love your TikTok. Oh my gosh. I... <laughs> I know now why TikTok creators get paid to post things because I am legitimately technology illiterate and it takes me seven hours to get one uploaded. So go (laughs) show it some love because it took me all day to make it happen. We're going to put a link to Cheyenne's store on our Facebook page and give us some feedback. Let us know how you like this episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.